Ladies and gentlemen, sit back and get comfortable. But not too comfortable. It's the WCHL Podcast with WCHL Commissioner Christopher Perry and Andrew Majorkirk. Well, alrighty then. Hey, this is another edition of the WCHL podcast where we're going to focus on uh, the national tournament coming up with a special guest. But hey, I am the commissioner, uh, Christopher Perry. Andrew Majorkirth is, uh, once again, he's AWOL on this thing, and we're probably all better off for it. Uh, but our special guest on this episode of the WCHL podcast is a guy who has kind of built uh, built his own little cottage industry following college hockey around, well, just following hockey, but especially college hockey around the American Southwest. It's Scott Strandy from Ice Time Hockey Southwest, based out of uh, the Phoenix area. But as you'll hear on this uh, on. on, on from scott himself coming up he goes all over the darn place and holy smokes he's got some stories so uh sit back and get comfortable but as as our introduction said not too comfortable here's scott strandy and let's talk all things acha national tournament all righty and hey look at that through the magic of podcasts uh we're talking to our next special guest this is scott strandy he is the proprietor of ice time hockey southwest it's a great little website that uh, is on the internet at icetimehockeysw.com. It's all about growing the game of hockey in the American West, specifically the Southwest. Scott, thank you for joining us here on the chintzy little WCHL podcast. <laughs> Absolutely, Chris. Glad to be with you. Thank you so much, uh, Scott. Before we get uh, going, uh, we we don't, Scott, you have so many more listeners than on your podcast than we do on this little uh, suboptimal amateur hour podcast. Um, tell everybody about your podcast because you have a series that you go through and you also have uh, a podcast that's um, dedicated specifically for club hockey. It's called Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. Before we get going and talking about the national uh, championship and uh, your predictions and everything, go ahead and uh, pump up your podcast a little bit. Tell, tell people where they can find it and what it's all about. All right. I like to call it the quad pod of hockey podcast because <laughs> we tried to hone tried to hone in chris on the 7 30 p.m mountain time uh one hour time slot 7 30 to 8 30 so sunday night we do ncaa hockey it's called college hockey southwest live designed to be a reactionary show to uh what's happened on the weekend in ncaa hockey uh monday we do professional hockey southwest weekly tuesday is our original and our staple which is college hockey southwest weekly which is pretty much a a conversation with somebody um in NCAA hockey primarily, but it kind of bounces around. And then uh, our, our one that's really grown quickly is, is the uh, club hockey Southwest weekly, where we get into details with the club teams from Colorado all the way out to Arizona and everything in between. So pretty much the WCHL is our focus um, for that podcast. So we've had a lot of fun doing it. It's one thing, Chris, that I'll tell you um, the podcast was good for because uh, things ramped up for us last March. Um, so it's been about a year now, but we've done, I don't know, 15,000 downloads, something like that right now. So, um, you know, it's not, it's not major, but for this area and for this niche market, uh, we like it. Very nice. Very nice. And you have some, uh, great little sponsors. I know Roger Klein and the Peacemakers or Roger Klein from Roger Klein and the Peacemakers has, has a particular brand of liquor that he, uh, uh, uses to support your, uh, your podcast. And you have all these great casinos and places out in las vegas i mean you're just a wheeler dealer aren't you well you have to be in this day and age because uh there's so many people looking for for marketing dollars that it's really you have to be creative and i tried to be creative originally from the start by um you know putting my product out there and maybe swapping it for hotel rooms or whatever when i travel so people go man you must spend thousands of dollars traveling well i do spend quite a bit but a lot of it's got to do with my partners i'm able to stay either at a very discounted rate or at a complimentary rate and trade out the, uh, the advertising so the d hotel las vegas for example and caesar's properties has been really good to me which is great and um you know roger klein's uh put music together for us and gave us their music beds so 
we uh, we worked on that. Um, and then Club Hockey Southwest Weekly, we went out and got the uh, the home of the national tournament for the next few years, at least in the St. Louis area. We got Maryville University to come on and be our partner. Oh, come on. You can't be serious. <laughs> Hogan? I'm dead serious. Oh, Absolutely. Oh, he, you know, he's just pandering to get try to get into the Western <laughs> League. I give him a hard time because, you know, I oversee his conference as well as this one, and I, the Western Collegiate League, and I call it the Western League, the A Conference, and his conference, the B Conference. Oh, he loves that. I know it. Yeah. Oh, he's, he's, he's all, wow. I can't believe that he, he he's lowered himself to having to pander. <laughs> not, I'm, I'm not begrudging you at all to be a sponsor, but holy smokes. Here he is, he's trying to impringe well, on on our territory. Well, he wanted to he wanted to get his name out there, and uh, the university wanted to get their name out there. So I said, "Hey, uh, you know, I gave everybody the opportunity, and uh, some wanted to give in big, some didn't." And I said, "You know, I'm looking for a partner that will be with us uh, up through the national tournament. It's a two year contract." And he said, "Hey, why don't we do that?" So I know Maryville University themselves are kind of tied up. So I think a lot of this was the Hogan family that that. Uh, stepped up but um either way it's been a great partnership so far and we're hoping it continues on for another i don't know 18 months i guess very nice very nice well look at you wheeler dealer i love it and i know before before we get jumping here into this national championship tournament you were just up in uh one of my favorite stomping grounds loveland colorado for the ncaa regional that was just up there i have a daughter that goes to school at fort collins so i love to get up to northern colorado every chance i get um, what was it like playing at the Bud or being at the Bud Center when there was nobody there? Yeah, you know, uh, Chris, I joked a little bit about that. I said, I don't think there was 200 people total if you included the workers at the arena, the media people, the coaches, the players, and the parents. So it was very unusual. The strangest thing, I'll, I'll tell you two quick stories if you got time. You bet. Um, okay, here's the two quick stories. The first one was they piped in music or uh, sound, uh, crowd noise. No, okay? no. And, and, and yeah. Oh, yeah. And big times. <laughs> so so what happened was uh, up in the media press area, um, you know how you're working on your laptop and you're making notes of what's going on below you and you're kind of listening the game to uh, to see where the action is. Right. Yep. Well, sometimes it wouldn't be synced properly and they would have this huge roar and you look up thinking there was a goal or a great save or a big hit and it would be nothing more than just passing the puck through the middle of the ice. So, <laughs> so I went through uh, three games of that. Uh, they did a fantastic job with it, but um, you know the NCAA, they, they have their ways of doing whatever, but that was the only disturbing thing for me was that. Um, and then the second thing is I love that area as well, and I stayed in Fort Collins uh, the last time I was there for a week and really enjoyed it. But this time I said I'm going to stay in Loveland so I'd be just a little closer. Yeah. And, and I didn't drive this time. I flew. So uh, I took about a $70 lift from the airport to my hotel, which was the Wingate, which is uh, three and a half miles from the Bud Center. Um, went there Saturday, enjoyed the game, uh, got out and ordered a, a lift because I couldn't get an Uber. And the lift, I waited an hour. The guy at rate, like at 55 minutes, canceled on me. Oh, now I'm outside the Bud Center and everybody else is gone and I can't get back in because it's it's locked, right? Oh my goodness. Once you go out, you can't get back in. Yeah. So I'm going like, I get on my iPhone, I look and I punch in the walking distance, three and a half miles, and it says it'll take me an hour and 12 minutes. Well, here I am in the unfamiliar country of Colorado at 1130 at night with my backpack on. The wind was howling. It was about 25 degrees. <laughs> and I'm an Arizona guy now, right? Yeah. So, uh, I so there I go down the street, right? Walking my three and a half miles. And, uh, I, I get about two miles and, uh, my co-host Stephen Marsh calls me cause he's at the, uh, Henderson silver Knights game and he wants to give me an update. He doesn't know I'm walking at this point. <laughs> so I say, um, uh, Stephen, I'm walking to my hotel. So is there any way that you'd stay on the line with me? Because I wasn't really fearful of anything other than it was dark. And I thought, if something did happen to me, nobody would even know where to look, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I put the flashlight on on my phone, and I talked to Stephen for a little bit, and two cars passed me, a motorcycle passed me, and then a third car came, and it went up about a 1,000 feet, and it stopped, put its uh, reverse lights on, and backed up. And I'm going like, huh, maybe this is somebody I know 
from the tournament, you know, because there's nobody else out there. <laughs> but this gentleman rolls down his window. He goes, hey, you know, I he said, I'm an Uber driver that's off duty. I'm just on my way home and I can see you're wearing a backpack. So he said, do you need a ride somewhere? <laughs> and I said, well, yeah, I'm a mile away from my hotel at the Wingate. He said, well, don't don't take this strangely. But he said, I'd be happy to give you a ride. It's cold out here. And, you know, so I said, OK, so I hop in and he said, uh, ironically, we got to be friends and he gave me rides the rest of the time I was there, including to the airport to get back home again. Um, but he said his friend was and he was talking to on the phone on the way home said, don't pick anybody up. And Stephen was telling me, don't get in the car. <laughs> we ended up getting in the car and becoming great friends already. So, uh, yeah, kind of a funny story. But uh, I was trying to get back to my hotel room before the five-overtime game ended between UMD and North Dakota. Yeah, wow. I How about that? I huh? didn't make it. <laughs> oh, serious? You didn't make it? <laughs> no, it was over with before i got there but i couldn't i couldn't uh, believe that game lasted so long <laughs> so so your experience in loveland was not as good as your experience in the fort from a couple of years ago <laughs> right a couple of years ago just two weeks ago three oh, weeks ago oh you were in fort collins three weeks ago oh okay yeah I, I went up there and did some prospecting and went to uh and ironically this is another story i'll make it short but i was in boulder uh checking out the the facilities there and uh, I went to the King Supers where the shooting was 13 days earlier. Oh, my goodness. Uh, bought myself a soda and a candy bar uh, before I left Boulder. And when that came back to me, it was just like a horrendous, uh, you know, it, it brought that Vegas for me and, and the one October. And, uh, yeah, so that was kind of a, a bad memory of it. But I love the area up there. I, I prospected up there. Then I drove from there to Grand Forks, North Dakota for the NCHC frozen face-off okay so i i've been i've been all over and now i'm leaving on monday to uh drive my way to pittsburgh drive your way to pittsburgh <laughs> holy smokes you're a dr they make things called airplanes scott come on i know you just took one to uh to colorado and you had a bum experience but uh wow driving to pittsburgh yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's going to be a three-dayer i'm going to go to amarillo and st louis and then pittsburgh and then i'm coming my way back uh, I, I will actually, Chris, be on the road for 34 straight days because I'm going to come back to Colorado, uh, spend a little time there again, and then uh, down to St. Louis for the the ACHA tournament. Uh -huh. And then from there, I'm, then I'm heading to Plano, Texas for the World Junior Championships. And that's a two-week stint in Plano, Frisco. Look at you. You're all over the place. <laughs> High media mogul, Scott Strandy. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Well, very good. Well, hey, the Fort, the like I said, I, I love Fort Collins. And uh, how about this? When when you when Fort Collins is just gorgeous. It's it's awesome. Lots of play, great places to eat. Um, if you're, you just said you're going to Amarillo. Amarillo is four hours away from me. Um, I'm not going to meet you there. But um, when you go there, <laughs> you buy your house. <laughs> yeah, please, please. But how about this? When you go to Amarillo, you got to stop in and go to the Big Texan. You got to take okay. in a little bit of that Route 66 kitsch. And uh, if don't have the big 72 ounce steak, don't try to eat it in an hour, but uh, at least check it out and check out the old, uh, the Western style saloon that they got there. It's kind of fun. It's, it's kitschy. It's, 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 it's campy, but uh, there's only, uh, there's only one big Texan in the world. And you know, have, have you ever driven that part? You've driven that part of the country before. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So yep. Cadillac ranch and uh, yep. the, 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 uh, the big cross there and uh, the Texas panhandle right next to the leaning uh, water tower. So uh, there you go. Very, very good. Yeah, it'll be, I'm looking forward to a fun trip. It should be good. It should be. It should be. And when you, when you drive through Oklahoma city, you can honk and uh, I'll wave to you. <laughs> okay. There's only one stoplight here in town. So don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let's talk about the uh, ACHA Men's Division One National Championships. You're going to be there. I'm not. So lucky you. Unfortunately, I'll I'll be uh, watching it from afar. Um, but uh, let's let's talk about it. And let's get your uh, prognostications, your predictions. The great thing about this, Scott, nobody listens to my podcast. You have hundreds of thousands of downloads. <laughs> nobody listens to mine, so you can tell us the God's honest truth as to what you think is going to happen. You can you can put a gloss on it for your podcast because everybody listens to it, but on mine, nobody listens. So it's just me and you. I know my co-host listens every week because he brings up your stuff all the time, so. Steven. <laughs> He, he's a, he, you know he's a troublemaker that guy 
I know he is. Uh, I'm telling I know you he what. Is. He just prods and pokes. <laughs> <laughs> I love I love giving Stephen a hard time. He's a good guy, uh, even if he is a Vegas guy. Oh my god. Oh my gosh. All right. Well, hey, let's let, let's go through it. Number four, Liberty is in the first game and they're playing the host, number thirteen, Maryville. And we you've already disclosed that they're a they have a uh, an interest in your uh, ice time hockey Southwest Empire. So, uh, with that conflict of interest fully exposed, go ahead and give us your your un your uh, your your just uh, unvarnished opinion as to who do you think is going to win that game, Liberty or Maryville? Okay, well, let me tell you this right off the get go: John Hogan and the scheduling, or whoever did the scheduling, it just forced me to go there two days earlier. Yeah, because I was planning on showing up for Sunday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. I was going to let the preliminary games go and then be there for Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. But now I'm going to try to be there on Friday because John said, uh, you're putting the pressure on me to have to win first so you can watch my team play on Sunday. Yeah. So uh, I said, well, you can still do that, but I'm planning on going now, so I'm there Friday and I can take it all in because uh, there's so many great stories, Chris, uh, and that's what I love about the ACHA is there's so many great stories within the, the entire Division One you know, that we really cover a lot. And, uh, you know, Liberty obviously is just a storied program with so much character and so much class. And uh, they're going to, Maryville's going to have their hands full. But that being said, if you'd have told me that John Hogan was going to have a team uh, ranked 13th, even in a COVID year, uh, after just two years, I would have said, okay. Yeah. <laughs> because when, when I found out he was going to take over that program, uh, I talked to him before he even, or just after he accepted it. And I said, do you know what you're getting into? He said, no, not really. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's honest John right there. Doing. Yeah, exactly. But what a great job he's done. So uh, when I look at the two programs, I mean, one's, one's, you know, very well experienced and been around forever in Liberty and you got Maryville. I'd like to say Maryville is going to pull the upset, but come on, let's be real. Uh, Lib- Liberty's just too experienced and, I think it'll be a good experience for John, and I think what you're going to really see is Maryville will be a better team next year for playing Liberty first this year. Yeah, I think um, I think you 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 hit the nail on the head. Even though I'm the commissioner of his conference, and I would love to see him win. Um, unfortunately, when you get to nationals, it, it does matter that uh, you've been there before. And uh, oh, does it ever? Yeah, so I think the, even though it's a home game basically for Maryville, um, and they're kicking off the event. Um, I, their eyes are going to be wide open and Liberty's going to be like, yeah, we've been here, done that. So, all right. So you've right. got Liberty over Maryville in game one. The next game is Lindenwood number three, taking on the sacrificial lambs. Oh, I'm sorry. The sacrificial Griffins <laughs> of Kinesius <laughs> university. Oh, goodness. Lindenwood uh, versus Kinesius. Which way is this one going to go, Scott? Well, you got to go with Lindenwood. But when I saw Lindenwood as number three, I was going like, how did the computer do this? How did they end up number three? Because um, in my book, they're, it's them and Minot State personally. That's yeah. what I think. I, and no disrespect to Adrian or Robert Morris or Liberty or Ohio or any of those teams. But we had Wade Regeer on. I've known Wade since he took over that program. We, we had him on our podcast two weeks ago, uh, three weeks ago maybe. And uh, when he was on, he was joking about an interview I did with him like, I don't know, 13 years ago. And he said that it's still out on YouTube and people will find it and they'll go like, Wade, you were just a kid back then. (laughs) (laughs) So, but anyway, getting to Lindenwood, I mean, you know, I've been to their facility. I've seen them play. Uh, They're a well-oiled machine. They're as close to being an NCAA team, Chris, and maybe they will be hint hint pretty uh-huh. soon uh but anyway uh rick zombo uh played at north dakota i was at minnesota duluth about the same time um i know him i know of his friends uh carrie eads and all the guys he used to play with uh taylor chorney or uh, mark chorney taylor chorney that's his brother that's his son <laughs> i'm going all over the place here uh but anyway uh poor canisius uh they really have a tough draw that might be uh the most difficult uh, matchup, but Lindenwood's going to win uh, comfortably. I, I think it's going to be ugly. I think it's going to be ugly. Yeah. I hope so, at I least. I think it is, too. 
Yeah. <laughs> All right. Hey, uh, the next game number three, number uh, game number three of the day on Friday is number two Robert Morris against number fifteen Davenport. Robert Morris is out of that terrible Pittsburgh conference, um, the CHMA, <laughs> and. To their credit, they've won all their games. Even, the, you know, the big thing is they went in and they beat Ohio during the regular season. Yeah. And had that not happened, had Ohio taken care of business like they should have, none of this goofy ranking business would, would be here. Um, so, uh, but Robert Morris went in and won six goals on 17 shots against Ohio. And uh, here they are at number two against number 15, Davenport. So uh, how about that? The Colonials versus the Panthers. Who do you got? Uh, it'll be close, but uh, or closer, I should say, than Canisius and Lindenwood. But <laughs> Robert Morris Robert Morris is going to come out on top. Uh, I don't think there's any doubt about that. Davenport's you know, an up-and-coming program, if you will. I mean, uh, what they do there is, is, is on the right track. Can I say it that way? Sure. They're on the right track to continually get better. But uh, Robert Morris, again, is just one of those teams that's been around a while. They've been through this before. They know how to do it, and uh, they'll get it done. All right. Now, you, you, you remember, I mean, don't count. Uh, <laughs> I, I want you to make sure that you, you give Davenport their due because they're a defending, or not a defending, but they've won the national championship. Uh, yes, they have. I think it was their first year of Division One. after they moved up to uh, from Division Two, They'd won it, like, two or three years in a row at division two. And it was the 2010, 2011 season Davenport playing with the guys that should have been playing minor pro hockey took out Lindenwood out there in uh, Newark, Delaware. I was there for that event and that was, uh, that was quite the surprise. So, so you're saying number two, you're going to go chalk is what's going to happen. Number two takes out 15 Davenport. Yeah, I, I think so, but it's going to be close, Chris. I mean, I, I really think that Davenport can compete with Robert Morris. I just think when it comes down to it, um, you know, Coach Powers always tells me that this is the toughest tournament to win uh, for the obvious reasons. It's one and done, and it's, you know, five. This a little different this year with only 16 teams. But yep. um, So I think Robert Morris will just have enough in the end to uh, to get by him. Uh, but it'll be a lot closer than people think when they look at two and fifteen. Okay, yeah, well, hey, that's fair. Um, and to their credit, Robert Morris surprised a lot of people when they came down to Frisco, and they were a, a heavy seed, like in the thirteen, fourteens. Yes. And um, I, I think they won. I, you know what? I can't even remember. I thought they played well, or maybe they lost by a goal. But they, I know they played a, a better game than most people expected. They weren't the uh, yeah. sacrificial yep. griffins of Canisius. So, uh, all right. And then, hey, the last game of the day on uh, Friday, it's number one, Adrian, the Bulldogs, taking on number 16, the Bearcats of McKendree University. McKendree is also in my B conference, and they slid in simply because some other teams slid out, couldn't travel. Um, so they were ranked 18th, but uh, they made it into the tournament because three teams uh, could not make it. So uh, who do you think is going to win, Adrian or McKendree? Well, first of all, welcome to COVID year, right? Yeah, isn't that the truth? <laughs> juggling, juggling, sliding teams, but uh, how can you not go against uh, go get against Adrian? They're the number one team in the country. They they got that ranking for a reason. Uh, again, another well-oiled machine. I think you can say, Chris, there's probably uh, eight to ten uh, teams that I think are really well-oiled and ready to roll. Um, and when people ask me all the time, is who's the next one to jump to NCAA? I mean, I can give you a list of about 10, 12 teams that could be ready that were in the ASU stage. So um, I got to go with Adrian. I know it sounds like chalk, but, you know, McKendry just, it, they just don't have the experience to match up in my estimation. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And I, and I think McKendry knows that they're just going to be uh, happy to be there. And, uh, happy. and let me say that. Yeah. Let me say that right off the get-go. Um, kudos to the teams that played and were able to get through it. Uh, as you mentioned, we had, uh, Benny Tolleron from Colorado last night. And I asked him that, I said, do you have any, I said, not, do you have any, but do, what are your feelings for the teams that were able to play full seasons and everything else? And he said, well, I didn't really expect, he said, I'm just happy for the teams that were able to play. He said, you know, our fate was our fate, but, but the teams that were able to get it done, I'm just a hockey fan. And I'm just glad that the teams that are there were able to do so and get there safely. So. 
you know, kudos to McKendry for just being there and getting in there. And they're going to be like Maryville, if you ask me. They're going to gain experience from being in this tournament. And I think that's the coolest part of this whole tournament this year is that there are teams that maybe wouldn't have had a chance to get in that are in because they were able to play games. And they're going to take that experience away and help build their program better. There's no doubt about that. There's no doubt about that. They'll they'll have been there, done that, and uh, like I said, it'll be a, a foundation for them to build on. So uh, that's that's some good observations. Okay, so on day one, you're saying Adrian, Robert Morris, Lindenwood, Liberty, one, two, three, and four. They're all going to win. Yep. All right. And the, the the upset in there would be Maryville. I, I'm not going to count them out because <sighs> I think they they could surprise at home, especially at ten fifteen in the morning. You're, you're just um, pandering. Home, so, you're pandering no, to a I, to a sponsor. I, I, no, I'm telling you, John, <laughs> John's got some players, and uh, I know he hates to lose. So, uh, you know, everybody says that, but uh, when you take a startup program like that and you get the wins that he got this year, um, one and done. Look out, especially at ten fifteen and at home. If Liberty's not on their game from the start. Maryville could surprise. So there, there's, that's my that's my upset. Pick. There, there's no doubt about that. Liberty for, has uh, unfortunately, I mean, they've been there, done that. But uh, if if you're uh, if you're a watcher of uh, the ACHA national tournament over the past 10, 15 years, or at least since Liberty's been up to the Division One tournament, they've they've kind of developed a reputation for getting to nationals, but then underperforming at nationals. So uh, ten yeah. fifteen in the morning against the the home team. Mm, yeah okay that's my upset bid i I just wrote it in there as an upset but i i I still think you're 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 on the hogan bandwagon here but we'll see we'll see hey uh are you listening no he he's not one of the 18 listeners no i will send that check tomorrow (laughs) i will tell you this though scott most of our listeners especially this season are from missouri state um so i only have 18 listeners and i think 16 of them are from missouri state (laughs) and the first game on saturday is number five ohio against number 12 missouri state and this is the wchl podcast so um Uh, tread lightly uh but who are we going to pick in the ohio versus missouri state contest okay i'm i'm going to tell you the numbers don't matter five versus 12 don't matter because um when you look at ohio's record uh, we laughed about this last night about the number five team in the country with only five wins. Mm-hmm. So what would have happened if they've got six wins? They'd be um, number six. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so uh, I, this is this is my real upset. The other the other one is my sentimental one, the May, the uh, Maryville one. But Missouri State's my my upset pick. I think twelve gets five in this one. Really? I think it's another ten. Yep. I think it's another ten fifteen game. Um, Ohio it just hasn't won a lot of games this year. They've been close, but uh, I think their program precedes them, if that's a phrase that I can use. Yeah. I think their reputation precedes them, and I think Missouri State is uh, poised to to maybe make some noise. So that's my upset. That's well, my real upset. Look at that, Scott. All of a sudden, when, when this podcast is published, um, you are going to be inundated with invitations to come to Spring Vegas, Springfield, Missouri. <laughs> And uh, the Missouri State folks are going to love you, and they will—they're probably going to name a rink after you. <laughs> there so, you go. Yeah, okay. it'll be the Ice Time so that's, Hockey that's... So- Southwest Rink there in Springfield, <laughs> Missouri. Wow. And I'm going to stay away from Ohio because they're probably going to be shooting arrows at me. <laughs> well, they, they, they don't come through there. So. They, they don't listen to this podcast. They can—they can, okay. they, so they can barely—they can barely spell Ohio. <laughs> come on, they're—they're they're hockey players. <laughs> Uh, the next game of the day is number. I think I know which way this is going to go since you just oh, yeah, professed your love for Minot. Um, oh, yeah. Number six Minot State versus number eleven Calvin. You're just going to go Minot on that one, right? Absolutely. I mean, I would not ever go against Wade Regeer in the program he runs up there. Defending um, national champions. Yeah, yeah. And when we had him on uh, our podcast, he was telling me about uh, this and that and this and that, and and I was going like. You know, I mean, I said, Wade, you're going to come in ranked like five, six, or seven at that point. And he said, the rankings don't matter to me, Scott. He said, it's just get in the tournament and play your game. And I'm going like, wow, if you're going in with that attitude, you're going to win some hockey games because he, he doesn't look at the numbers next to him. He just looks at the team he's, that's across the bench from him. Yep. And that's who he uh, he focuses on. So, 
if Minot State doesn't win, that would be my biggest upset of the tournament. Okay. All right. Well, uh, I, I, I agree with you. Minot doesn't really care what their numbers are. They just want in. Um, I know they want to wear white uh, for most of their games. <laughs> and um, But they are, uh, they, I think they're just a beast. So, and, and Wade, Wade's they just got a machine them. running up there. So. And, and every coach I talk to, Chris, tells me, you know, I just love Wade Regeer and his program. Benny was on last night, and he said the same thing. He said, you know, when I went to Minot for the first time, I just took everything in, and I asked Wade, how do you make this operate? Because I want to run my program like this where we can become self-sufficient. And, uh, you know, to be able to do that in Minot, and like I said, the first time I met Wade, he was just coming off his playing year, and he was an assistant, soon to be named the head coach, and he was extremely young, 22, 23 years old, and I thought, how is this going to go? But He's got the respect of his players. He's taught his players. He knows uh, he knows what he wants to do and how he wants to do it. And uh, you know, you know, Chad Berman down in Arizona. When I told him that Wade was coming on, he said, "Let me tell you a quick story." And here's even a funnier story. Did you know that Wade Regeer and Chad Berman share the same birthday? No way. <laughs> they didn't know that either. <laughs> I brought it up to him. <laughs> Because I sent out birthday wishes to both of them on the same day. Oh, wow. And then Wade, Wade came on that night of his birthday. So, But neither one of them knew it either. So, uh, But anyway, Coach Berman is saying that he stole one of Wade's face-off plays in a game against Minot State <laughs> and used it against them. So, I mean, that's the respect that it's out there. Uh, so, yeah, Minot State's going to beat Calvin, unfortunately, for yeah. Calvin. Yeah, and what what you said is absolutely true. Not only does Wade have the respect of his uh, of his team, and he's got the respect around the ACHA. He's you know you look at that and you you want to. I'm not saying you want to hate him, but even if you wanted to try to hate him, you couldn't. He's such a nice guy, and he runs such a decent little program, and um, they win and they do things the right way. And uh, even if they're up in nowhere, North Dakota, they. Um, they, you know, they don't mind. They're just, you know, they'll take you if 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 you want to come up there and, and play them, they'll they'll play. If you want to, if you need them to travel to you, they'll travel to you. They're they take on all comers, and um, Wade is just. It's tough to find a, a bad thing to say about Wade. Um, so uh, other than other than he may he might be too young, right? If that's <laughs> if that's the worst you can say about a guy, that's pretty darn good. Well, and you know what else? He he was straight up with me when I asked him about, I said, how did you play all these games? And he told me about the COVID protocol, and he told me about how some of his players didn't like being tested three or four times a week, which was a requirement at the university. And uh, he, he, But he was just straight up and honest, and that's that's something you don't always get from, from coaches especially. But we, to be honest with you, we went 45 minutes, and we could have got another 50 uh, with so many things to talk about. So... Uh, yeah, he's just, he's one of a kind. He's a great guy, great guy. Hey, let's move on to uh, the next game of the day on Saturday. Indiana Tech, number seven, taking on the Jimmies of Jamestown, number 10. So a 7-10 matchup, Jamestown against Indiana Tech. Who do you have? Uh, I got Jamestown. Boy, another upset you got going on here. Okay. I can't really call that an upset, though, because I think they could trade those numbers uh-huh. and be okay either way. I think Indiana Tech is okay. But I, I know the style of play that Jamestown plays, and I think it fits a one-and-done tournament style. So uh, I, I think Jamestown gets it done. All right, all right. It helps that they've beaten Minot in, uh, out of the 189 yes, times does. that they played Minot. I think they won 100 of them. <laughs> so, uh, very that doesn't good. hurt. No, it doesn't hurt at all. Hey, uh, the last game of the day on Saturday is number 8, Iowa State, taking on number 9, Aquinas, the Cyclones versus the Saints. Scott Strandy, who do you got there? I've got Iowa State. This is going to be the – Stephen and I talked about this last night, and I said – he said 8-9 is like the ultimate matchup. And to have that the last game, the last qualifier, if you will, to get into the uh, the next round, um, the quarterfinal round, 8-9 uh, and nine is going to be a really good matchup, but Iowa State gets it done. Yeah, yeah. 8-9 is always a good game. And, uh, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. The Fighting Fairmans of Iowa State, they, uh, they, they, they do a good job up there. And uh, I know – Jordan, I think it's Jordan Promota is, I'm probably butchering his last name from Aquinas. Aquinas uh, won the ACHA Division Three National Championship, I think it was, or maybe it was Division Two. I forget. They won a national championship in the ACHA, left for a little while, and then they came back, and now they're Division One. So, uh, 
so they've they've been there or at least the coaching staff has been there done that and um they're they're a salty little team but i wouldn't at all be surprised if maddie moran and uh ray zimmerman and uh, the rest of the uh, cyclones get it done so yeah totally agree and everybody from the ncaa is leaning hard on iowa state they're going like hey you have a building you you have the program when are you going to join us in the big 10 yeah. Uh, so it ain't happening, but uh, yeah. <laughs> but they're still they're still trying to invite it. So that's uh, that's exciting. Well, based on your winners, that gives us uh, quarterfinals on Sunday of starting with game one. It's Liberty versus Missouri State. Um, that's a number four versus a number twelve matchup. What uh, what does Scott Strandy say there? Well, there goes my naming rights in Missouri State because uh, Liberty <laughs> gets this one done. All righty. Uh, now, I would like to see it be Maryville and, and Missouri State because I think that would be a heck of a hockey game. Well, they've already but played four times. Gonna, I know, and that's why I would say it would be a heck of a hockey game, but I don't think it's going to get go that way as much as I have my fingers crossed. You know, we, we mentioned that, uh, that, that they've already played uh, a couple of times. Um, th- that's the nice thing about this setup, at least with the 16 teams and the eight matchups that we have. I don't think there's a repeat matchup in here. Um, no, I don't think so. The only one that would have uh, possibly uh, been a matchup was the Liberty Maryville because they were scheduled to play, but then Maryville backed out and, and didn't travel to Liberty Liberty because their uh, their administration told them they couldn't travel out east at the time uh, due to COVID. So, um, but yeah, it's eight games and they're not repeats. At least uh, not until we get to the. Um, well, heck, if if we go the way Scott uh, Strandy says, there's no repeats even in the in the quarters, because the next game is Lindenwood versus Minot State. It's a number three versus number six. That's a that's a semifinal or a final worthy game, and here it is on Sunday in the quarterfinals. Yeah, that that's not fair. Uh, it's not fair to anybody, but that's the way it's going to match up. And Lindenwood and Minot State battling. I mean, that's a hockey game you don't want to miss, no matter whose fan you are. No, that's um, Ali Frazier right there. Yep. Um, boy, Zombo against uh, Regeer, two masterminds, two great programs. Um, I'm going Wade Regeer. You know, it was a semifinal game in uh, in Frisco, I believe. Minot in, in Lindenwood, and Minot ended up winning that game, I believe, it was two to nothing. Yeah, so, it's going to be close. It's going to be a one-goal game. It may go to overtime, but I think uh, I think Minot State pulls it out just because I think they're just a little bit more ready. I think all the talk with Lindenwood may be a little bit of a distraction um, because everybody's going like, hey, is Lindenwood going to be the next team in the CCHA or however that's going to play out if that ever happens. So there might be a little bit of overlooking, and, and Wade Regeer's got his team ready to go, and I would be shocked. It's going to come down to the goaltenders, no doubt. Okay. All right. Fun, fun, fun stuff. How about Robert Morris in the next quarterfinal? That was uh, number two, Robert Morris going up against number 10, Jamestown. Oh, uh, again, I, I would like to say that, that chalk goes here, but <laughs> I'm going to go with Jamestown because I think Jamestown is a tournament style hockey team where they can, they're, they're very, very physical, yet they have some skill. And uh, I, I think they're going to bobble up Robert Morris and make it really difficult for them to score. And if you can't score, you can't win. Isn't that the truth? Can't score, you can't win. Yeah, I think in a matchup between Robert Morris and Jamestown, uh, nine times out of ten, I think those big Canadian trees on the uh, blue line oh, there for Jamestown are just going to uh, oh, they're going to just dominate these little boys from Pittsburgh. So well, okay. That's what I say. Well, that's, I agree with you. I agree with you. Um, and then the last uh, quarterfinal game, according to uh, you, is number one, Adrian, taking on number eight, Iowa State. Cyclones, Bulldogs. That's a heck of a matchup, I too. You. I love you, Cyclones. It's going to be a good game, but the Bulldogs are going to pull it out. All right. There we go. Now they, they we just have too much. Let's put it that way. <laughs> now we reseed um, yep. after uh, in the semifinals. So what that means is that we'll have – uh, number four, Liberty, taking on number six, Minot State. And then we'll have number one, uh, Adrian, taking on number 10, Jamestown. Two North Dakota teams making it to the final four for you, Scott. I like that. that crazy? That is Isn't crazy. That crazy? Well, let's do four versus uh, six, Liberty versus Minot State. Um, Wade Regeer, again, has got his hands full because he's got he's to beat Calvin. Then he's going to have to beat uh, Lindenwood. Uh, then he's going to have to beat 
Um, who, who do we say? Vadering? Liberty. Liberty. No. Liberty. He'll play help Liberty. Uh, he's going to get it done because uh, I think Wade's got a chip on his shoulder. The other thing, and I wondered about this, Chris, and I think I maybe even asked you that when I had you on our podcast, is you know the discrepancy in the amount of games played. Um, is it going to be good or bad? Because uh, Minot State, Jamestown, Iowa State, all those schools that were playing in the fall um, have built up more experience, if you will. Um, is that going to be a factor uh, when it comes down to playing games? And, and I know some of these other teams have played a lot of games too, but I, I think Minot's too much for them. I think Minot wins. All right. Minot State moves on to the championship game. And who will they face in the uh, in the championship game? Because the other semifinal, you say, is number one, Adrian, against number 10, Jamestown. It's going to be Adrian and Minot State for the championship. There you go. I didn't See, I didn't know if you had the nerve to do a, another Minot-Jamestown. Like I said, they've already played 189 <laughs> times. I didn't know if the 190th was going to be in the f- championship game. <laughs> So, okay, so in no. the finals, you have Adrian against Minot State. I think Adrian is a team of destiny this year. I just think they've worked their way up. You watch the rankings, how they finally ended up at number one, um, building their way up. I think they have a very good program, a very good coaching staff. and um, But it's going to end in the championship game because we're going to have a repeat champion. It's going to be Minot State. Oh, my gosh. Look at you. You were all in on Wade Regeer and the Beavers of Minot State. I love it. So the sixth seed is going to go all the way. You know, I think there were a sixth seed in Frisco. Yeah, I think they might have been. And and that's why I asked him that because I said the way they played this year, other than against Jamestown, did he feel comfortable being a sixth seed? And he said it didn't matter. As long as he was in the tournament, that's all that mattered. Yeah, wow. Look at you. Now, now at the beginning, when we got started, Scott, you had mentioned offhand, you just said, well, you know, it's going to end up Lindawood Minot State or something like that. And I wrote down yeah. <laughs> Lindawood Minot State at the very end of, of, of my little bracket that I'm, I'm filling out here for you. And um, so I'm, I'm surprised. You know, obviously, Lindawood, in your scenario, Lindawood and Minot State met up in the Saturday, on the Sunday quarterfinals. Yes. So, um, uh, you know, that, that obviously wasn't possible for them to meet up again in the championship game. But uh, I like the allegiance and I like the analysis, the uh, the reasoning for a Minot State repeat victory. So uh, and, and pretty impressive. Chris has, and that's one of the reasons why I'm, I'm now happy to say I'm going to be there Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, because I want to see some of these other teams in person. Um, I'll give you a little quick quick story on the NCAA. I, I went to the NCHC uh, Frozen Five or Frozen Faceoff, and I said, Man, oh man, that's the best conference I've seen in college hockey, period. Then I went down and I visited my daughter and grandson for a day or two. And then I came back through and it just happened to be going through Mankato during the semifinals of the WCHA. And I watched their two games and I left there and I said, the NCHC is really dominant. (laughs) 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 And and I have friends everywhere. Uh, So I got out of there and got back home and I was talking to my co-host, Paul Hornstein, on my NCAA side, and I told Paul, I said, man, if ASU can anyhow, any way, somehow, some way, get into the NCHC, that's the place they should be because that program is is sensational and everything about it is first class. And, again, I'm not trying to demoralize or take anything away from the Big Ten or the Hockey East or any of those. But So that's the way I look at this is like, my eyeballs tell me what's what, right? And yep. and while I've seen some of these teams, I haven't seen some of the other teams. And I will tell you by the end of uh, Saturday night, I'm going to have a really good opinion on whether I was way off or right on the money. <laughs> Very nice. Well, hey, maybe we'll, maybe we'll check in with you there now on late Saturday night and uh, see if you were way yeah. off or if you were right on the money. Um you're more than welcome to. It's kind of uh, kind of wild. I'm, I'm again. You're going to be up there in uh, suburban St. Louis in uh, Chesterfield, I believe, is where the Maryville University Hockey Center is. Have you been there? Uh, I have been there. My uh, B conference playoffs were uh, were okay. held there last year, and beautiful, isn't it? It's a, it's a wonderful uh, facility, and um, uh, they were just tricking out the the mid level bar section uh, when when oh, I was up nice. there. So hopefully nice. it's hopefully it's uh, hopefully the the beer is flowing. Tricking it out. I yeah, like, I like that. Tricking it out. Well, they, I, I asked. 
Yeah, go ahead. I asked John. I asked John Hogan. I said, "Am I going to have to get all the Chris Perry to get into this thing?" And he goes, "You know a man." Mm-hmm. <laughs> John. John is the man. <laughs> yeah, he said, "You know a man that's got a key or can get you in the back door." There you go. I said, "Okay." Yeah. Uh, I'll do my COVID test anyway, everybody. Just make sure you know that. <laughs> well, very, very good, very good. Yeah, he's. Uh, you know, they're they're. I, in fact, I've got a couple of emails today with the COVID protocols. Hopefully, well, let me ask you this. Um, since you're following both the uh, NCAA tournament and obviously this ACHA tournament, what do you think the odds are that we're going to get uh, all 16 teams are going to show up and all 16 teams are going to be able to play? Ooh, that's a really good question because in the NCAA tournament, uh, we saw Notre Dame go out. We saw Michigan, uh, Michigan go out the day of, mm-hmm. or the day before. Um uh, I don't know. I really don't know. I think maybe the ACHA teams are, I don't know. I, I think they might, might get through. Okay. I, is there any protocol for teams or are they just like the NCAA? If you, if you can't play, you're done. And the no, other team moves on. Is that what's happening? Um, well, or? there's, it, well, from what I understand, um, you know, I, I don't know if they've made the decision, that um, I think it, you know, if there is a positive test, Scott, I think what's going to happen is they're going to then determine the contacts and how close the contacts are um, yeah, for contact tracing. Should. So I don't know if they're going to go the NCAA hockey route, whereas if they have one positive test, the whole team is out, or if they're going to go the NCAA basketball route, which is if they have one positive test, that player and his close contacts are out. Yeah. Um, and, and that I hope they go that route, uh, Chris, and I'll tell you, uh, you probably heard the uh, St. Lawrence story which I still think is heartbreaking, but St. Lawrence won their way into the NCAA tournament mm-hmm. and, and their coach was the one that tested positive. Yep. And they couldn't and go. The team was out. Right. And I said, um, I had, uh, Kate Shefke on who covers uh, Colorado college and they had their fair share of adventures down there all season. But I said, you know, one of the things that I looked at was like, how, how do you reconcile everything yourself? If you're that coach, that your team has worked so hard to qualify for a national tournament. Maybe you won't be able to do it again for a while, as competitive as that is. And uh, you're the coach, and by no fault of maybe your own, or maybe it was your fault, I don't know. But uh, how do you reconcile that with your team? I mean, I would just hate to do that. And Kate told me, she said the same thing with uh, when she heard that there was a case at Colorado College. She said, please, dear God, don't let it be a freshman. <laughs> don't let him be the COVID kid the rest of his career. Yeah, <laughs> so. yeah. But I, it's a strange time. There's no doubt about it. I know that these uh, these teams are testing. The eight teams that uh, will play on Friday, they're going to test on Thursday. The eight teams that play on Saturday, they test on Friday. So um, if they if they make it through that threshold, then they're in for the rest of the tournament. But uh, okay. I'm, and I, but I'm hopeful. I'm very hopeful that uh, all 16 teams will will be able to uh, will be able to to make it through and uh, be able to play. I I would hate for it, it just stunk. Um, I mean, it is what it is, and we're worried about uh, public health, but I, it just stunk when Notre Dame got bumped and their oh, opponent yeah. moved right on. It stunk when Michigan got bumped mm-hmm. and, what what was it, BC moved on directly to the uh, regional final. So, Actually, Michigan was uh, was University of Minnesota Duluth. There we go. Who got a big break because they were the team that played their very first game in the regional. Five overtimes. Uh, in five overtime. So they had a little advantage over North Dakota, I think, <laughs> by not having played in advance. But anyway, uh, just one more quick story for you. Yes, sir. Uh, Frank Saratori, the head coach at Air Force, uh, he started the season by telling us all he wanted to do first and foremost was play 13 games because that's what the number was set by the NCAA to qualify for the tournament. Uh-huh. So he said, I just want to get 13 games in. Ironically, he played exactly 13 games. Serious. <laughs> But I asked him that before he went into their conference tournament, the Atlantic Hockey Conference tournament, I said, and we had him on the show, so it's on it's on recording. But I said, um, you know, how do you feel now with your team? I said, how's the health of your team? And he said, you know, Frank doesn't hold anything back either. He said, here's the deal, Scott. He goes, you remember back when you were a kid and uh, chicken pox would, would hit your, your town or your school? And mothers would get together and all of a sudden you'd have a chicken pox party and everybody would get it at the same time because they wanted to get it over with. He mm-hmm. said, well, that kind of happened at Air Force. Oh, wow. <laughs> what do you mean? I said, what do you mean? And he said, well, 
Um, the guys kind of got together. So everybody on our rosters already had COVID and they were in the 90 day window. So we said, we have no fear of anybody testing positive again, going into the tournament or even coming down with it because they already had it. They had it during the season in that run where they were trying to get the 13 games. So, uh, you know, it, it's weird. Uh, and, and I'll be hated by saying this comment by everybody except the athletes. But as soon as the vaccines came out and they started prioritizing things, uh, I said, starting at the NHL level, I don't care about the optics. I care about uh, anybody's talking about what it's done to the economy and everything else. Why would you not have your your teams vaccinated? And why couldn't it work all the way down? I mean, the NHL, NCAA, and even ACHA have uh, – you know, doctors available where it would be very easy to administer that, that vaccine. Right. Yep. And then you don't have millions of dollars, like especially the NHL when, when teams started having to cancel games and it happened again, just recently, uh, think of the revenue dollars that are lost and that affects the overall economy. So why would you not be putting the, the uh, injections in there? Because those few, and, and I am using the number kind of loosely, but say it's a hundred people that are directly connected with an NHL or an NCAA or whatever, that's probably a high number, but let's say it was a hundred. Those hundred vaccines uh, should have been put in their arms right away. And I don't, I know they did it because of the optics. They didn't want to do it, but uh, I, I would say they should have done it. And the same thing here. I mean, there's money involved. You know, it's it's ACHA, but it's still money to put this on. Oh yeah. And uh, if you have teams dropping out at the last minute, uh, that could have been vaccinated now. It's April, right? I mean, couldn't these guys have gotten vaccinated in March, first of March? Well, February? yeah, and, and they they probably, you know, we, we could play coulda, woulda, shoulda, and that'll probably get us into a, a big political rant. Um, you know, oh, I know but, it would. I know it would. You know, with all, <laughs> most of us, most all of us, it's April 1st when we're when we're talking here. Um, you know, in, in, to your point, I mean, how many games were canceled today on Major League Baseball's opening day because of COVID yeah. concerns? I mean, we're talking big yeah. money. Um, but you know, let's just face facts. We should have, uh, if, if the vaccine should have been, or the, the vaccinations and all this stuff that should have been available to most Americans long before April 1st. And, um, but you know, let's, let's not dive off that deep end because then that's, a, <laughs> that's another 50 minutes and nobody wants to hear me rant about, uh, uh well, me, politics. Or me for that matter. Yeah. yeah anyway. Anyway. So I, I'm just looking forward to it. I think the ACJ has done a great job of getting their 16 teams together. I think, uh, initially I was worried about how it would look, but I, I think it's going to be fun. I think it's going to be an enjoyable tournament and. I think we'll end up with a true champion. It's just going to be from Minot. We'll end up with a true champion. It's just going to be Minot. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, your, your check, you, you're going to have to cancel that check from Maryville and get Minot State on board as your uh, lead sponsor now for your Ice Time Hockey Southwest website. Holy smokes. Jeez. Well, there we go. Well, Scott, one more time before we go, and don't pimp Minot as the uh, as the champion, <laughs> but but again, tell everybody the, the website that you have and the podcast that you do and uh even you can even mention steven marsh again since he he likes the the side publicity he's yeah right now he's locked into the golden knights tonight so he can't focus on anything else at the moment good 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 keep it keep it that way hope those henderson golden knights keep playing well and keep him occupied they're the the silver knights they're the silver knights oh well vegas is the golden knights forgive me get your night straight yeah i mean come on (laughs) potato potato henderson vegas golden silver whatever it's steven just just keep him occupied all right go ahead tell tell everybody where we where folks can find your website and where folks can find you on twitter in the uh, in the podcast well the website's where we started icetimehockeysw.com uh we have very much moved on uh we still do the website obviously because you got to have a staple but we've definitely moved on to the social media and certainly the podcast as i said uh, in march it, it really set things off because unfortunately people were trapped in their homes and if they answered their phone and wanted to talk hockey they had a platform so uh, we branded it the Quad Pod of Hockey Podcast Sunday through Wednesday, 7.30 p.m. Mountain Time. We love it because we are live on Podbean, but you can also reach all of our downloads by searching ITHSW Podcast and do it all one word, 
sounds strange, but ITHSW podcast anywhere that you get your podcasts and you can uh, listen to everything from professional hockey to NCAA hockey to uh, club hockey. And by the way, I get beat up all the time for people that don't want me to use the word club. And I said, as far as I know, the ACHA is not going to allow me to use ACHA professional or <laughs> ACHA hockey weekly. <laughs> yeah, probably not. No. So anyway, that's why it's club hockey. It's no disrespect. It's just the fact that we had to relabel it something and uh, it's every Wednesday night, 7.30 p.m. on the Podbean app. I think, uh, I don't think there's any shame with the club label. Um, you know, people can people can denigrate and they can uh, try to run it down all the, all they want, but the fact is, it is what it is, and if you're at all familiar with um, the ACHA, especially the high level of play from the ACHA Men's Division One, at least most of the conferences, there's some conferences out east that really just blow chunks, but um, most of the <laughs> most of the conferences play at a very high, very elite level, and uh, you got no problem calling them. Uh, you can call them club all you want, but the reality is there's somewhere in that gray area between the true club of you know Tiddlywinks and Quidditch versus uh, the NCAA guys. They're a little bit more than club. They're not just at, at the NCAA varsity status, but it's still the real deal. And so uh, I, I, there's no shame in calling it club. So I wouldn't be I wouldn't be worried about that. All right. Well, that's the Wednesday night show, and uh, kudos to you for what you do because I was so thrilled to hear that uh, you were adding teams this year, and I was so looking forward to seeing the new teams in the conference, um, Grand Canyon right here. And uh, it, the one word I've been throwing out, Chris, for the whole year, you probably heard me say it is, I'm so proud of the ACHA programs for staying relevant because uh, under these conditions, they could have disappeared. But most of them have found ways to stay relevant, whether it's uh, on the grass in Tucson or uh, doing fundraisers in Las Vegas or Grand Canyon playing three-on-three in the spring with no idea that or no chance of going anywhere with it, but just staying relevant. Yep. So that's that's the word of the year, Chris. Relevancy. Relevancy. I like it. Where can uh, where can people find you on Twitter? Uh, Ice Time SW is the best place to go. But I also have two other ones. I have College Hockey SW, which is our uh, NCAA one, and I also have ITHSW podcast, which is uh, where I tend to throw out a little bit of everything. I'm telling you what, Scott, you are just a hockey media mogul. You have you don't have just <laughs> one Twitter handle. You've got three. You don't just have one podcast. You've got five. Holy four. smokes! Four. There you go. <laughs> Holy smokes! I mean, before before the before we sign off here, you're probably going to have another podcast. It's it's just crazy, and you're going all over nope. the dang place. You're in Colorado, going to Pittsburgh, going to St. Louis, going down to Plano. Man, and yeah, and, and if you're if you're interested in seeing some really good hockey, I expect that two weeks in Plano is going to be incredible because that's the 18 and under uh, World Championships that have been moved there. Um, it's going to be just crazy because if you watch the world junior championships, uh, at Christmas time, uh, this group of guys is, is equally as talented. Very nice. Very nice. You're going to put a lot of miles on the ice time hockey Southwest vehicle, huh? Yeah. Well, I traded it in and said, Hey, I'm going to take a rental car. (laughs) (laughs) Look at you. Smart businessman. That is Scott Strandy from ice time hockey Southwest. Scott, can't thank you enough for being on this uh, on our chintzy little podcast. Thanks for uh, slumming down here with us, and uh, we we appreciate Stephen being listener number seventeen or eighteen. But all the other Missouri State listeners this year um, will will enjoy this and uh, have have a safe travels as you drive through uh, uh, sexy Amarillo. Be sure to stop at the Big Texan and uh, okay. don't eat the catfish. Have a steak when you go okay. there. Okay. Um, steak it is. Steak. steak. Yep. Stay away from the catfish, and then um, uh, yeah, just be safe on your way to Pittsburgh. And uh, I'm, I'm sure we'll hear more from you, uh, especially when you get into uh, Hoganville, uh, Missouri. <laughs> you know. Absolutely. Oh my gosh! All righty. Hey everybody, that's you're, Scott. You're welcome to call me at any time too, as well. Like if you want something from there, I'll, I'll be there. I'll be happy to talk hockey anytime. I'll, I'll, hey, if I call you, it's to go over and punch John in the shoulder. That's what it's going to be. So, <laughs> okay. Scott, hey, I appreciate you taking your time out of your night, and thanks for being on the WCHL podcast. Thank you for having me. Anytime, anytime. <laughs> what did I tell you? I mean, Scott's full. He's got a lot of stories, doesn't he? What a what a great what a great little time we had there with Scott.
Um, and he is beholden to Minot State, coming in hot on the, the Beavers of Minot State. So good for Scott, good for those guys. And uh, I appreciate him taking time out of his evening to uh, to uh, <laughs> to talk with me and to get badgered and to put up with my baloney and my BS. Uh, we appreciate you also listening to this podcast for putting up with uh, my baloney and my BS. It's uh, We appreciate all 18 of the listeners, um, most of you guys there from Missouri State. Um, if follow the Western Collegiate Hockey League at westernchl.com. Our Twitter for this pod is at WCHLpod. We're also on Twitter at westernchl. And uh, look for another couple of uh, special guests coming up pretty soon to talk all things national tournament. In fact, I think our next guest could be Cam the Ram herself. So uh, stay tuned. But in the meantime, we want everyone to uh, take care of themselves and take care of one another. And, uh, you know, wash your hands, get vaccinated if you can. Let's have a full season next season. Until then, we'll talk next time. <laughs>